Press conference news and notes from Kirk Ferentz's press conference and media availability yesterday. A new pronunciation for Nico and a look inside the run game. Have we figured out exactly what's gone wrong and will Iowa change it? Plus a couple of news and notes from my side of things all coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back once again to the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm Trent Condon. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Available wherever you can find podcasts and, of course, also available on YouTube. If you head there, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We greatly appreciate it. Today's episode is brought to you in part by LinkedIn and LinkedIn Jobs, a official betting uh, partner with us here and the college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply as we're ready to go here on a Wednesday and a busy week in front of us as Iowa gets ready to go on the road for the first time this season, making their way out of the comfy confines of Kinnick Stadium and heading out to Rutgers to take on the Scarlet Knights. We're going to talk about that Rutgers team a little bit and get into them a little bit deeper. But uh, I thought a very interesting press conference today over in Iowa City as uh, we heard from Kirk Ferentz, a few of the players beforehand, and uh, a couple of things want to pass along to you. And I think some things that we can gonna continue to make some connections. We've talked about, obviously, what we saw on Saturday, some disappointment that came out offensively, even in a 27 nothing victory. Maybe not as good as we were hoping for. Those positive signs that you were looking for, not still quite at the level you'd anticipate out of this group at this point in time. But I guess the biggest story is we've been saying a guy's name wrong for four years. Yeah, Nico Regani. Well, it's not Regani. Uh, in fact, his his parents apparently reached out to Chad Leistico of the Des Moines Register and asked, uh, get the pronunciation correct, at least get the Italian part correct, right? So it is actually Nico Regaini. Do I have that right? Nico Regaini. We'll see if the broadcast gets it right on Saturday, but we'll work on that one. And I'm going to guess we're going to have a few problems now getting that one and getting the name straight. Now, here's, of course, the big news that comes out of the press conference as it pertains to injuries yesterday chart. No Keegan Johnson listed on there. Obviously, another blow for this team and what they're trying to do uh, offensively. We saw the offense ramp up in a big way. It was against a brutal defense in Nevada. No doubt about that. But you saw at least some signs. I don't think it's fixed. I don't think that we're trending in a real positive direction at this point in time. Putting up 27 points against one of the worst, if not the worst, defense at the FBS level is not going to gain a whole lot of confidence, at least in me. I need to see more, and we will see if we ultimately are able to see more. But one thing I do want to get into here, and that is Keegan Johnson coming back. A lot of speculation. Did he come back too soon? Did he push himself too much? Was it coaches forcing his way out there when he wasn't completely ready? One thing I do know is I do know the training staff and what those people do inside the university, and not just with the football program, but across the athletic department. And I can tell you, they're not going to push a guy. They're not going to put a guy out there or a female athlete, any student athlete. They're not going to put them out there unless they are assured that they are ready to go. This is not like the program. 
This is not Friday Night Lights where you're you're sticking a needle in a guy's knee to get him ready to go. That's not what this is. So to, to make that conclusion, I think that is a huge leap. Now, could Keegan Johnson have said he was closer to 100% than he actually was? That's to be seen. And with those types of soft tissue injuries that he's dealing with and the hamstring injury, that very well could be the case. But Kirk shut it down right away. Didn't want to talk about it. Really didn't want to speculate it about it anymore. I think we can read a little bit more into that. I think there's frustration on both sides. I think there's frustration in the coaching staff and certainly with Kirk about how long this has taken and just the different trials and tribulations that have come with Keegan Johnson trying to get them him healthy and out there on the field. I think that's a big part of it, certainly at this point in time and one that you definitely have to take a look at. But We'll see. Not probably going to be available this week. It's Rutgers. They're going to have to make some plays in the passing game. The good news is we get to finally see Brody Brecht out there at the wider wider receiver position. He's gone out, played four snaps before he did uh, in the game against Nevada. Got to play a whole lot more in that one. Uh, Kirk talked about him making a catch and practice one, very similar to the ones that he was missing on Saturday. It's practice time. It's reps. And that's something that is a huge part of Iowa. For good, for bad, whatever your opinion is, That is the reality of the situation. That is the way that Iowa does things is you have to be out there. You have to get the reps in. You have to be able to practice in order to play. And now coming back himself from an injury and a hamstring injury, Brody Breck looks like he is good to go. Nico Regani, he's that security blanket. And and having him out there, the connection that he has with Spencer Petras, you could just see the way that that lifted that whole offense. You're going to need him out there if you're going to pull an upset this year. If you're going to beat one of the top-level game teams, that is certainly going to be a big, big part of it. So we uh, continue on here with the press conference and a couple of news and notes that came out there. Uh, speaking of the injury front, Noah Shannon, they hope to have him back here in the middle of the week. We'll see if he's able to go, but he's dealing with an injury uh, right now. And Justin Jacobs, uh, a possibility that he's going to be able to play. That'll be important. This Rutgers team, they have played three different quarterbacks this year. Different styles with all three of those guys, but more than anything, this is a very run-oriented team. The way they move the football is old-school, pounded, power football. Now they have jet sweep motion. They do different things that way, but that is what you're going to see out of this Rutgers team. If they're going to be effective moving the football, it's not going to be them going out there, chucking around 35 times and throwing for 300 yards. That's not the way that they're built. It is a Greg Schiano team. It is old-school. It is physical football. That's how they're going to be able to move the football is on the ground and getting Justin Jacobs out there. And what does that mean? Also, we, we've seen the obviously emergence of Cooper, Cooper DeGene and, and how far forward he has come this season. Does that mean less of him? Do we see him out of cornerback a little bit more? If they're going back to more of a 4-3 look this week, and it certainly looks to be the kind of team that you would do that. What does it mean to Cooper DeGene? Because you have to keep him out there on the field. And if you got Justin Jacobs in, that means the nickel comes out. So a whole nother set of circumstances they're going to play around with and certainly figure out the right combination this week. The good thing is you got Phil Parker. And Phil Parker at this point can really do no wrong, right? I mean, well, no wrong unless it's against Purdue, which is a conversation for another day. So uh, that's the injury front. Some updates on that. Um, Another interesting note about the offense and we've talked it's not just Spencer Petrus it's not just Brian Ferentz and it's not just the offensive line it is a combination and and the decimated wide receiver core it's not just one of those things it's all of them together but ultimately it doesn't matter what level you're playing doesn't matter if you're playing seventh grade football starting out you're putting the pads on for the first time you're playing high school college NFL if you can't block you don't got a chance offensively and this offensive line has been frankly bad it's been 
incredibly disappointing, even with this young group. Logan Jones, after all the praises that were placed upon him going back to the spring and throughout August camp, I thought he was going to be further along than what we've seen at this point in time. The interior, lose Justin Britt before the year. He's out for the season, a guy that's a veteran inside. Injuries in camp, slowing down the development of the tackle spotting. And Connor Colby's been out there. And, of course, we see Mason Richmond, but those guys being a little bit banged up and now trying to find their footing. But the interior has been nothing short of a disappointment. And Jennings Dunker comes in, looks really good one game, really struggled on Saturday night against Nevada. We finally see Tyler Ellsbury. He looked really good. Now, can that continue? He's pressing. And also, uh, an interesting note about that, Kirk made sure to mention, I think the question was, you know, has he got a potential to be the starter at the left guard spot right now, talking of Ellsbury? And Kirk said he's working, yeah, he, he has a chance for that, but also he's working not just at the guard positions, but he's also working at center. I mentioned Logan Jones and some of the struggles, just something to keep an eye on and, and keep at the forefront. Of course, a frustrating part about all this is we are in week four now, the season, and they're still trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do with that offensive line and trying to come together. Kirk did say, though, he thinks they got a chance to be good. And if Kirk says that, that I don't think that's just coach speak. He, he would not go down that road, even with what could be looked at as a very innocuous statement. Kirk doesn't do those kind of things. He always has a plan for basically everything that he's saying. If he thinks this team, this offensive line's got a chance to be pretty good by the end of the year, I will believe him. And these young guys continue to develop. Talks about one small thing. They got to be a lot better, though. They have to be a lot better at this team. Is even going to get to bowl eligibility? And we're going to get into that uh, a little bit later on here in the program today. Uh, finally, a, a couple more news and notes from the press conferences today uh, that came out of it. Oh, speaking of the injury front, this was an injury. Of course, LaShawn Williams uh, was away last week, and unfortunately, uh, his father had passed away. So, intending the the funeral for him that was on Saturday, that's why he wasn't available. He's back with the team, going through everything. Looks good uh, in the running back spot now a whole lot deeper. Of course, we saw the emergence of Caleb Johnson over the weekend, the two long touchdown runs that he had. An interesting note, and I found this one on Twitter, and, and give us a follow, uh, Locked On Iowa is where you can find us on Twitter. But uh, this comes from one of the recruiting directors at On3. On3 Media, it's a new entity jumping into the space of the 24-7 and the rivals. The guy that actually is putting together, he's the one that launched both rivals and I believe Scout. Uh, at the time. So this is a guy that has a background. One of the recruiting directors there, uh, first of all, talks about the speed that Caleb Johnson was playing at. It's 20 and a half miles an hour at the 30 yard mark, tops out at 21.2 uh, miles per hour at the 20. Called him one of my favorite underrated freshman running backs. And as he was putting together his running back rankings last season, uh, Caleb Johnson was his number six running back in the country. So this is a guy that is at least one opinion out there that really, really likes uh, what they say. Debbie Youssef is the the scout that has that. So something to keep an eye on there. And uh, at least there's somebody. And I, I think we all liked what we saw from Caleb Johnson. There's a little bit there. He's got the speed. He's got the power and really like what we saw out of the freshman, obviously, on Saturday into Sunday with the win against Nevada. Uh, one final thing in the news and notes segment here. Um, it's about cut blocking. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. Now, this is a yearly topic, and it's been going on now for five years. Kirk talking about the new cut block rules and how and how they've evolved, and he doesn't like it. Get it. Doesn't work very well when you're trying to do zone blocking. You can't cut block anymore. Yet here we are five years later. 
and not a whole lot has changed. We'll talk about that when we continue here. Trent Condon with you. It's the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain they have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I have a small business. I know the importance of it, finding those people that can help out and do it right. You don't got time. You don't have HR. You don't have things like that. This is the kind of place that can go and help you out. It is LinkedIn Jobs. Go right now, add your job in the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you are hiring. Free job posts available on LinkedIn Jobs. Simple tools, screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately who you'd like to hire. Finish the year strong. Find that right team member. Kick off 2020 in the right way. Why small businesses ranked LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your jobs job for free. Terms and conditions apply. As we're talking about, it was certainly an interesting a press conference as went to the well one more time. The question was asked about cut blocking schemes. Kirk talked a little bit about seven and seven. He wants, he thinks everybody just wants to see everybody passing the ball. Well, that's not true. You look at the evolution of the running game in college football, and it's done a whole bunch of ways. You know, I look at a program like Coastal Carolina and the way that they have basically morphed the triple option into a shotgun offense, and they've evolved that way. We see teams that can run the ball. We'll see one this week in Rutgers that has run the ball successfully in their 3-0 and start this season. Yet over the last five years, after the cut rules change and something that you do have to do to be very effective in the run-blocking scheme. In fact, we'll talk about this a little bit more with LaShawn coming up on the program on Friday and, and uh, talk about that because you get the guy coming from the backside, either, either an outside linebacker or defensive end. You just got to get that little cut just to, enough to slow them down because how many times have we seen over the last five years? So what, look at Tyler Goodson, a guy that was an incredible talent, but how many times was he hit in the backfield for a two-yard loss? And a lot of times it was that guy coming in unblocked from the backside that you can't cut anymore. Only guys that can cut anymore are the interior guys, your guards in your center, and that's it. And those are the only guys that are able to do that. And it, it changes what Iowa can do in the run game and here's some numbers. Here's the numbers. Iowa running the football. When we think of Iowa football, we think of the identity that Kirk Ferentz has built over these 24 years. Bullies of the Big Ten run the football. Big offensive line. You're going to run. You're going to go zone scheme. And you're going to be able to run the football. Yeah, might there be some questions what they're doing at the wide receiver position and quarterback? Sure. We've heard that throughout the years. But you know, they're going to have tight ends. And Iowa's going to be able to run the football. Since these rules have changed, it's been awful. Nothing short of awful. So in 2018, that's when the new cut block rules came into effect. That year, Iowa finished 94th in the country in rush offense. The next year, 2019, it gets worse, 97th. Now 2020, here's the high water mark, 58th, and, and that's a winnable number. With the, the pace that Iowa plays at, this way that they play, you finish in the top half of college football. Again, we're talking about 131 teams now at the FBS level. 58th, you're in the top half. You got something. Would you like it to be better? Of course you would, but you would sign up for that seemingly every single year 
with the defense and the special teams that Iowa has. If you can finish in that spot, you're going to be in good shape. They did it in the weird 2020 year. You don't want to completely throw it out, but you can maybe throw it out. Last year, 101st in the country. And 18th in the country. And this is the part that. I get frustrated when you watch this team, you watch the identity that they want to have. They want to run the football. They want to be physical. They want to do these things. But the inability or maybe not even inability, it's just not even trying to evolve, to change, to, to understand that what you did in 2002, what you did even in 2007, it's not going to work anymore. That is a huge, huge concern. That That is frustration like no other. When that is happening with your team, with your program, and you just continue to beat your head against the wall, frankly, I don't get it. I don't understand why this has to continue at this route. You see what you're doing is not working. You see what your identity is, isn't there anymore. And instead of adapting, instead of changing, you just keep beating your head against the wall and hope that wall is going to come down. It's not going to. They're not going to change the rules back. It's just not going to happen. They're not going to suddenly allow you to go back and start cut blocking all the time. It's not going to be able to happen. So you have to evolve. You have to adapt. And you can't just keep doing the same things that you've always been doing just because you want to. The numbers play that out. Is it going to get better? Well, if the offensive line plays a little bit better, then what? You're the 80th best team in the country running the football. Your identity and your high water mark offensively is 80th in the country? That's where we are. This is not to say that the game has passed by. Look, Iowa played for a Big Ten championship a year ago. They won their division. They won 7-2. and two. They've been highly successful. Over the last seven years, this is one of the most winning programs in the country. That's not what this is. But these are the things, it can be easier. It can be so much simpler. How many times over these last five years where it just feels so damn hard, offensively just trying to move the football, and it's so difficult. Adapt, evolve, change. Not completely change what you're trying to do. You could still be physical. You could be physical actually running out of the shotgun. We see teams across the country do this all the time. But the unwillingness to change is incredibly frustrating, especially when you see those kind of numbers. Uh, speaking of numbers, got some numbers for you. Uh, the projected point spreads for the rest of the season. Iowa uh, right now about a seven and a half, eight point uh, favorite against Rutgers. Also a number there that over under sits at 34 and a half today. We'll talk about that as we roll through here. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news podcasts, including all the games coming up this week. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, esports scores, more. Of course, we got MLB coming down the stretch run here of the regular season. Golf comes up, President's Cup happening this weekend, MMA, boxing, they all have you covered 
at Bet Online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Wrapping up here as we talk Iowa football with you, it's the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. Hit us on YouTube up as well, and you can uh, go there right now. Hit that subscribe button. You'll know each and every time we have a new episode for you with the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Jason will be joining me tomorrow. I will go with a little degenerate life with Jason, myself, and then on Friday, it'll be LaShawn as we continue to preview Rutgers. We'll go a little bit deeper into the Scarlet Knights. Look, their their numbers are not very good, but as we're talking about bet online, these are projected point spreads the rest of the year. Uh, these come from a professional handicapper out in Las Vegas that I have a connection with, and he uh, sent these along. These are his power numbers. This is just one man's opinion, but where he projects the point spreads to be in his grading system. Uh, Iowa, in fact, is 34th in the country right now in his power numbers, so it gives you at least a little bit of a baseline. Kinnick is a five-point stadium for point spread. You know, there's an old adage that a point spread it's just three point or home field advantage, excuse me, three points for home field advantage. That has not been the case. In fact, in the NFL, that number is well under three, uh, some places under two at this point in time when you're talking about handicapping. And college game, there's a lot more sway. It goes anywhere from one and a half points up to six points in most of the power systems that are out there when you're uh, coming up with the numbers. And Kinnick's one of the better in the, in the country, and it is a five-point stadium when you're putting together the point spread. As mentioned, Rutgers, uh, Hawkeyes are laying seven and a half, eight points, depending on where you're shopping right now. That over-under sits at a ridiculous 34 and a half. It will be uh, one of the lowest ever totals. In fact, if it gets down to 34, uh, it will be the lowest since last season. Iowa-Wisconsin was also 34. One other game over the last 22 years, Missouri-Vanderbilt back in 2015, uh, that was also 34, the total in that game. In a betting perspective, uh, those numbers date back. To 2000. But here are the proje- projected point spreads uh, the rest of the way for Iowa uh, throughout the course of the season. Right now, again, always changing. These numbers will continue to evolve throughout. This is just where one handicapper, a pro, uh, has the point spreads the rest of the year. Uh, he has Michigan favored by eight and a half at Kinnick next week. That'll be the big nooner, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff with the Wolverines in town. After that, it's a road trip out to Illinois. I was slight favorite in that game, a little bit of a surprise uh, to me when I was uh, getting these numbers. Two and a half, uh, the number Iowa, less than a field goal favorite in Champaign. After that, of course, it's the road trip after a bye week out to Bucky and taking on the Buckeyes, Ohio State. Uh, 21 was the look-ahead number this summer. That was available at a couple of betting shops out there here in the state of Iowa this summer. He currently has the number Buckeyes favored by 26. Back home for Northwestern. Here's another shocker. Iowa favored by 19 against Northwestern. Uh, The Wildcats really plummeted in his rankings last week after that loss to Southern Illinois. Back-to-back losses for them, of course, after the win in Ireland in week one against Nebraska. Then it's a road trip to Purdue. Purdue favored by four and a half in that matchup. Back home for Wisconsin. Uh, He has Wisconsin, uh, excuse me, Iowa favored by one with his power numbers in the home field for Iowa playing at Kinnick. I will be a five-point road dog at Minnesota, and then the Black Friday game against Nebraska. He has Iowa uh, currently favored by 13 in that matchup. So just a little bit of a baseline there the rest of the season. The point spreads that'll come out, uh, they will look a little bit different. Circus Sports, always the first one to to launch theirs, and you can, uh, of course, bet on those each and every time. And our our preferred sponsor here with Bet Online, great place to go 
for all your sports wagering information. But thought that was a good look of looking through things and getting a little bit more deep into things. So uh, finally, Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights are the opponent. Talked about a little bit earlier. They can run the football. That's one of their certainly strengths this year. They are 119th, though, in the country in passing offense. It's been three different quarterbacks this year. They have really struggled. The defense has been good this year, not against a murderer's row of, of uh, teams that they played, but 10th in the country right now in total defense and rush defense. They are second in the country. Can that run game improve? It's going to be a huge part of it. And another huge part is the battle of the punters. We, we've talked so much about Torrey Taylor, just how good he has obviously been this season. Rutgers, they got one of their own. In fact, you might remember him uh, the last time that Iowa played Rutgers. It was an incredibly difficult game, and really made it the most difficult was the punting of Rutgers. This could be a punt battle. This could be field position and just those little, little nuances. Getting that ball down inside the five-yard line. No touchbacks. That very well could be the difference. In fact, as good as Torrey is, many people believe that the guy for Rutgers is even better. So, Punathon 2022, here we come. Iowa Rutgers, get your tickets now. If you're heading out there to Piscataway, hope you have a great time. Looking forward to a night game out there. I also, I, I, I heard this in passing, and I'm not sure about the validity to it. But I did hear that uh, this is the first night game in like six years out at Rutgers. Kind of crazy uh, to think that it's been that long since they've had a, and maybe it was a Big Ten night game, whatever it is. Pretty big, what now? How many people are going to be there? How excited are they actually going to be for a matchup like this? Iowa is, it's a program, right? It's a program that you believe in. It's a program that that you know. So probably going to be a pretty big deal out there. I was going to have to be ready to play. They'll be jazzed up and it will be, I think, a tight game. We'll make our picks here later in the week for this one. We'll talk about that and get deeper inside the numbers here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. One final thing. Um, and thanks for staying with me to the end because I had to have just a little nugget for you guys here at the end. So continue to talk to a couple people in Iowa City. I, I relayed to you guys here a week or two back that you know, one of the things that was maybe frustrating the coaching staff about the backup quarterback, Alex Padilla, was he takes a lot of chances in practice. He does things that maybe will drive the coaches nuts. Now, I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with a little bit of a wild card and a guy that is going to do those things. I, I think that would be an improvement for what Iowa is offensively. But that aside, uh, hearing more and more rumblings about eh, there's maybe a little bit going on not putting in the same kind of work, not being in the film room quite as much as even a backup quarterback maybe should be. Again, these are just rumblings and rumors. There's nothing definitive about it. But I had somebody say this, that if it got to a point where they did pull the plug on Spencer Peters, that they ultimately, let's say the play continues to struggle, they have a difficult one this week against Michigan, whatever it is, and they're pulling the plug, that – there's a chance it's actually not Alex Padilla that would go out there, that it might be Joey Labus that would be the one. This is not some controversial thing. This is not to drum up controversy. That's not what we're looking for here. But just something that was mentioned to me in passing. I personally, I don't see it. You have a guy that has been in the program, a guy that has won for you, a guy that has played well when he's got an opportunity. If I was Alex Padilla, it would be incredibly difficult for me to go into the film room each and every day after what we've seen these last three weeks and not taking a snap, it, it would be frustrating, and I can certainly understand that angle. But just something to keep in the back of your mind. Nothing definitive, just some rumblings that are out there right now. That'll do it for today here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Of course, that's not all here 
on Locked On, including Locked On Big Ten. Football breaking things down. The Big Ten slate is here, starting with Michigan. A great time for you to get involved with Locked On Big Ten. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen each and every day. Again, that's Locked On Big Ten. Back with you tomorrow. Biz will stop by. We will talk about everything going on in Hawkeye world coming up with him. And then on Friday, LaShawn and I will get ready for the matchup against Rutgers, a little bit deeper look at the running game. And what about that cut blocking? Does it make things? We'll do that when we come back. Thanks for watching and being with us here. This is the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast.